Yep. Check, Hello, check. everyone. Can, can everyone hear me? Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Cool, cool. Um, do you want to give a quick intro? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Joseph. I've been in the crypto space since 2013, mostly as a sure. as an analyst at Forbes and, and, and you know, different major publications. And in March of this year, I joined Hashed, which is the biggest crypto VC in Asia. And I'm more focused on looking at different ecosystems like, you know, Avalanche, Solana, and also Metaverse in, in Southeast Asia. Awesome. Perfect. Um, Metaverse, we should definitely take a look, talk about Metaverse today. Because I don't think we, we give enough attention to that. But yeah, why don't we go through the agenda? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to talk about Metaverse. So we can squeeze this in somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so I guess the um, yeah the first thing on our agenda I think is uh, going to be DeFi 2.0. It's kind of like this emerging. Um, we we were kind of branding it as a novel DeFi like a week or week or two ago, um, and it's now kind of getting um, coined as DeFi 2.0. Uh, the key points of this. Uh, of DeFi 2.0 that I've seen is pretty much improved tokenomics. So instead of um, incentives, instead of in like inflation, um, to to bootstrap liquidity for for dexes, uh, there's been improvements like with Tokmak and um, Olympus DAO. Um, and then there's also like the, the protocol is running more efficiently. Uh, so like w- with like these new uh, layers, uh, like Solana, AVAX, I think we're going to see more of an uptick in, in protocols that um, need cheaper fees for transactions. So like there's obviously like the perpetuals, like you need... Um, you, you want to do as cheap as fees as possible. So I think we're going to see more of a move, um, like a potential move on some of these layers with like more novel protocols uh, as well. So like Solana and Avalanche, um, Luna, I think we're going to see uh, this pan out pretty, I, I hope we do anyways. Um, and then the last talking point would be like dApps leveraging other dApps. Um, so like, uh, I don't know the exact specifics around it. I wish I would have looked it up just before this call, but um, Daniel Sesto was talking about how he was going to... Um, launch a protocol that competes with Robin finance. Oh, yeah. And he, he taught, he pretty much, uh, laid out this entire, how he was going to leverage about three or four existing protocols to just build this one, uh, you know, um, to just vampire attack Robin essentially. So I think we're going to see more of that where we're going to see a lot of these novel protocols get built upon uh these pre-existing protocols 
So, um, like convex, uh, spell ice. Um, I think we're only going to see more of that and how they, um, and I think we're only going to see protocols leveraging more protocols going forward. So ultimately I want to see more protocols like Alchemix. Um, I think Alchemix is probably one of the most, uh, you, you can't do it in traditional finance. The, the ability to take out a loan that repays itself out. Uh, I want to see more protocols like that being built. Um, so something as novel as like uh, illiquidate unliquidatable loans, but for other protocols. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot to uh, kind of unpack there. Um, but first, like I think, like Joseph, are you guys? Um, are you personally like looking into any of these? Like, um, I guess like yeah, Defoy two point I, I still don't know what to call this. Kind of sector, um, kind of like Olympus and like all of those guys, right? Um, or the other side of like, yeah, like kind of like guys like Alchemix, um, you know, the DApps leveraging other DApps and things like that. Like, are you guys uh, are you looking into like any of these like kind of sectors, like subsectors? Yeah, for sure. I think I think as for DeFi 2.0, I, I think there will be more sort of like aggregators across different subsectors within DeFi. And for me personally, I think the building blocks, the fundamental bu building blocks of those subsectors would likely be, you know, things like crossing wallets, bridges. Yeah, so, so Yeah, so these things that connect different um, ecosystems. And like, you know, if you think about if you think about, like, for example, going from Terra to an avalanche in the future, people would definitely opt into the official bridge, but at the same time, the official bridge can be centralized. So people look into different bridges, especially power users. And so that plus, you know, retail users will always look towards using like cross-chain wallets that support different blockchains. So I think, I think we don't really know like what DeFi 2.0 will be like, um, in the foreseeable future, but I'm I'm personally focused on like the building blocks that would eventually support um, DeFi 2.0. Yeah, so, and I, I good. Uh, yeah, I think that was kind of what we were focusing on uh, in the weeks prior to this. Uh, this DeFi 2.0 is kind of a recently uh, coined term that we've seen pop up. Um, I think. Um, man scoggles uh uh scopples i forget his name um the alchemix dev he he just aligned a big article pretty much uh, uh talking about all these points that i've uh talked about so far and um yeah so it's kind of this new emerging uh theme that we've been uh picking up on um yeah and that's pretty much what i have to say about that Got it, got it. Yeah, I haven't really looked into Alchemix. I should look into a little bit more. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if we don't have, like, see, things to say about this topic, like, we can kind of move on, because like, I'm, I'm, like, not really that familiar. <clears throat> okay. 
Um, yeah, so I think a, a theme that we're going to see emerge is going to be uh, MEV protection. Um, we just saw Urine Finance just integrate uh, Cal. Um, and I think we're, we're going to see more... Proto- uh, they, they integrated Cal so they could move liquidity without um, people front-running them. Uh, and I think we're going to see more protocols adopt this, uh, as well as kind of like institutional players. Uh, so I, so like there, there was the, the, uh, three arrows capital when they went and bought those punks, like they, they had to do it all in one transaction. So they didn't get front run. Um, and I think we're going to see more of that going on in the future, just as institutional players just try to hide their plays. Um, and I think this is also another... It, it shares... Uh, the same talking point is shared with privacy with, of institutional players trying to protect their alpha and trying to protect their plays and get in early while they still can. So I think MEV protection is going to be um, is that is that like a, sorry? Is MV protection like um, like protecting their alpha, like their their transactions? I'll, I'll explain that part. So for MEV, that's that's where you tip the miner. Um, so oh, your okay. body, see, it, it's very it's it's specific to Ethereum. Even though other chains like Binance Smart Chain um, are uh, EMV compatible. MEV is a, it's specific to Ethereum in the sense of when you are submitting a transaction, let's say it's on the mempool or something, in order to um, gain priority right. when sniping, you will tip the miner. And so uh, I'm not exactly sure how Cal works to prevent um, people from tipping the miner since it's part of the blockchain. Um but yeah, so that that's that's what the MEV oh super part interesting. Is. Okay, got it. Yeah, is that like I don't know, like is that like big enough where people are like oh big time really? It's 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 newsworthy if if they're able to stop sandwich attacks because um and and you'll probably notice uh. For example, I, I when I had to move a lot of money over, um, I had to move it uh, to KuCoin, and but KuCoin didn't have BUSD, and so I had to take all my BUSD and use one inch to swap it over to BNB. But because I was doing large transactions, even me, I was scared. But I used one inch because um, it's not like one pool it it uses like 50 different um dexes and so there are ways around being sandwich attacked by using protocols that are not notorious for being sandwich attacked but um if you use like pancake swap there are bots that are literally set up with the fastest node ever that will detect your uh purchase and it'll buy right before and it'll sell right after you so the way it works just a quick bird's eye view is it you set the bot 
to detect a certain amount, a purchase amount. Let's say you said anytime someone No, that buys, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like what the yeah. high frequency guys do, right? In the traditional world. Yeah, so yeah, they buy yeah. immediately and sell right after you. Yeah, so that makes sense. You're like, wait, where did all my money go? Yeah. Got it, got it. I think it also depends a lot of the slippage, right? Like, a lot of these, like, Asian players, like, they usually put slippage to, like, what, like, 10, 15%? No, but... but yeah, mine's at 20. They put it back. Yeah, mine's at 20. <laughs> no. yeah. But even with slippage, nice. even with slippage, I mean, slippage is set at a certain time, but, for example, I, be- I believe it's the case that slippage is not set once until you click the confirm on MetaMask. So you could get front run before you submit the transact, like the, you know what I mean? Like the buy price will change. Right. So another, uh, uh, so when Vitalik went to sell his uh, Shiba on Uniswap, uh, there was bots watching his wallet, of course. And then when he went to, to execute the transaction, uh, there were so many bots trying to front run them that uh, it bogged down the the network, and it, I think it took um, like Vitalik's transaction like a certain amount of time before it ultimately failed. Uh, I don't know the exact uh, specifics around it, but got it. Um, he got yeah, so, by his creation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So a lot of the, yeah, he can't even use Ethereum DeFi, pretty much. I guess is the... yeah. that's a typical Vitalik. That's yeah, crazy. he's rugging his rugged by his own shit. See, that's crazy. I, I remember he was like making this tweet, like how Bitcoin transaction fees are like so expensive. Like back in like I don't know, like this was like back a few years ago, and now Ethereum transaction fees are like, like you know, it's like hundred. I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> right now. Yeah, especially with these like NFT shops and things like that, right? Oh, God, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Also, for for the MEV part, I think I just want to like cover this. Um, I think there are like two main players right now. I really like the Cal Cal Swap guys, obviously. Um, Mm. Then there's another one called Alchemist. This is not Alchemix, but this is oh Alchemist. Yeah. Yeah. So this is by the I I mean they keep saying it's not but it's by the Flashbot guys. And the Flashbot is obviously you know you know um, in, uh, invested by Paradigm. Um, and then the main dev there, the Ghost Dev, like he's all like, I think they they have the whole like Anon team kind of like you know working on this. And right. I believe they recently released the. Uh, the Ethereum RPC, where you can just use it, the MEV trend, um, you know, you can front run the, you can prevent front running by, um, from your MetaMask now. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. So Alchemist is um, MEV production, like, mechanism, basically. Yeah, so they have an exchange called MistX, so whenever I do any transaction either on sushi swap or uh whether it's on uniswap i always use that so that you know i don't oh. get front line. yeah especially God. when you're yeah when you're buying or selling something God. and then also okay. yeah 
they recently had an update, so it's worth checking it out if you guys are, you know, uh, Alchemist. That and yeah. Okay, got it. Got it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Mist X. I think that's their app. Yeah, swap with Mist X. Got it. Um, yeah, Joseph. Um, you you want to add anything on that? We actually want to move on to um, uh, Metaverse after this. I know we have a privacy thing here, but no, I think I think you guys, um, you know, conference week was the the first, so. Yeah, I think. I yeah, think it's just yeah, it's just like whatever you want to add. I feel like yeah, like we might need to give you a little problem. Um, yeah, dude, let's uh, let's kind of like go through um, some of the metaverse stuff. Um, I right, do want to like uh, uh, give you a chance to kind of chime in here. Um, in terms of metaverse, like, is there like a bigger category that you know you're looking at in terms of like dividing metaverse into different plays or? is just all kind of jumbled up in this one word called well, metaverse. Should we maybe try to define it so we all kind of have a Exactly, of exactly. Of what we're trying to, you know, uh, talk about here? Um, yeah, sure. Does anybody um, want to, yeah, try, Joseph? Yeah, I mean, I mean obviously, uh, metaverse in itself is a very broad definition of a, of a digital economy and a, and a digital virtual space. But I think, I think within crypto... A metaverse would be, you know, things like Decentraland, where, where you can, uh, you can meet other people in like a digital setting, or it could be RPG games like Freeverse, or it could be just crypto games like Axie. And you know, I, I, I I've lived in Vietnam for a couple months, and I've been in the Philippines for a couple months, and I, I'm going back to Korea soon. But being on the ground in Southeast Asia. Um, I've been seeing this absolute like monstrous adoption happening to the point where right. like, everyone around you, everyone in cafes, everyone um, at, at every place are playing Axie. Um, so <laughs> I, think that, so I, think, I think that naturally uh, segued me to focus on, on Metaverse like even more so. Yeah, that's nuts. I guess, like, yeah, metaverse, there's, like, a lot of definition. I don't know, is Axie a metaverse? Axie's, it's, like, a game fi, right? Like, that's how we would define it? I yeah, think, I, think, I mean, I think, yeah, for, I think for me, uh, game fi is part of metaverse because it's still a digital setting, it's still digital economy, and it's still a place where people kind of communicate with one another so i think as long as a digital economy fuels that ecosystem i think it is okay and safe to define it as metaverse yeah i agree yeah i definitely agree with that as well yeah mm, okay. Uh, okay yeah and i think like later on we will probably start seeing these um projects where they will be connecting each metaverses um and then um yeah grow from there kind of thing yeah this is like how i was defining metaverse so like i i, I do want to like kind of like get this term right um and then move on to some of the like smaller categories but basically like metaverse in my opinion is different from game because like basically a game like everything happens in digital world right like i think that's called the internet right um and what GameFi and 
um, Meta, uh, Metaverse is different is that GameFi acts more as like a top-down kind of structure where there's like things that are being created at the top and then, you know, whether that's an item, whether that's, you know, characters, whether that's like whatever, right? And like it's kind of distributing down to like all the MMORP, MMORPG, um, you know, World of Warcraft, Lineage, like all of that is like I consider like those as like potentially being game by or already being game by activity. Um, and then the metaverse side is more of platform, meaning that it's, there's a, it's a marketplace between, you know, like there's, there are things happening within, um, within the digital economy where it becomes a marketplace. Um, so like, you know, there are different vendors that, kind of pop up um there's like you know there's a lot more creation freedom with like the users kind of like roboblox like what those guys are doing um you know like it's it's more of like a community more of like you know like less of a top down more of a like a market ecosystem where like creators are not limited to like the top developers but you know, it's it's it, it can be anyone in the um in anyone in the ecosystem that can create something, right? So that's how I was defining it. But yeah, obviously, you know, like maybe there's like it's it's too early to kind of like define these like wording. Um, but I do want to like go through it. Um, so I think one of the biggest because like I'm I'm big on metaverse as well. Um, and one of the biggest things that I see right now for opportunity in Metaverse is that obviously like Facebook is hugely moving in. Like, you know, I feel like, you know, like the biggest opportunity that I see for Metaverse is from Web 2 to Web 3, there's a shift in value transfer. As in, you know, like Web 2, you know, people who create value doesn't necessarily monetarily benefit from that. It's very limited. Um, and Web3 allows micro segments of value to be kind of like realized monetarily, right? Like, you know, it, 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 it allows like transfers, transference of like value um, to, from user to user basis. Um, so with Metaverse, I feel like that is almost like a platform where you know like if web3 kind of comes in um metaverse is becomes like the hub to leverage a lot of those like value creation and like value transference and that's one of the reasons why i'm so bullish on metaverses um and so is like every other you know facebook and you know like these guys like microsoft that are all creating metaverses right now right um so wanted to hear like your kind of take on metaverses and like how you're defining it um joseph yeah i think i think you're spot on and i think uh most of the most of the major game projects especially you know crypto games i think their goal eventually um is to create um their own metaverse metaverses within the game so that people can play the game and then communicate within um, their independent metaverses. And then eventually, like in the future, these different metaverses um, in 
in these games uh, can connect with other metaverses so they they become interconnected and create like this network of metaverses so i think um i think the crypto games are going um, in the right direction um to support the broader broader definition of metaverse and um i think eventually what 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 would happen is that we would see these major crypto games that that you know gain a lot of adoption um they would start developing their own metaverse uh, where you know you could trade like in-game items and communicate with others, but in a more like engaging setting um, to really support that, that metaverse theme. Got it. Do you see any? Because like I feel like metaverse still lacks like categorization and detailing. I don't know if like Joseph or anyone else kind of like sees this right now, but. You know, like, it's still pretty early, right? So, like, I feel like, like when someone says metaverse, it's, like, just metaverse. Um, I don't know if there's, like, you know, detailed categorization of, like, like for example, like, if we say DeFi now, there's, like, so many building blocks, right, that we can kind of, like, categorize and, like, start defining. Um, you know, like, yield farming, you know, um, obviously, like, this, like, the new category with, like, MAB protection, you know, there's, there's, like, all these, like, sophistication that comes from maturity of the industry, right? I don't know if there's something like that that you're seeing, because, like, I'm not as close to Metaverse as I'd like to be. So, yeah, like, I don't know if anyone else or Joseph is, like, seeing, like, more of a compartmentalization or, like, um, what do you call that? Like, um, narrowing down of, like, what kind of composes Metaverse, Yeah, I think I think in my opinion, um, like at least within crypto, like the the biggest chance of seeing actual adoption of metaverse is through you know gameplay and crypto games, and um, you know things like things like YGG, there's Avocado Guild, which is which is um just as big as YGG now in terms of you know guild members, and there's Guildfi in Thailand, and um, you know these these guilds now have like these guilds now have like three to four months of waiting list for people to apply to just play crypto games, right? And so um, crypto games will will be like a segue to, to eventually like to open metaverse. Uh, I don't think technologically um, everything is ready yet to build uh, a, an open metaverse in, in a practical and an efficient way. But... I think the major component would always remain crypto games. I think they will be the anchor that eventually opens everything up to, you know, the real metaverse. The I, I I'm really interested in this like whole deal thing as well. I, I don't know if it like kind of fits the metaverse kind of topic, but yeah, like I know there are guilds. Um I'm not as familiar. What do what do they do exactly? Yeah, so basically, like Yield Guild Games and Avocado Guild and Game Guildfi, um, yeah, like for example, um, YGG focuses mostly in the Philippines, Avocado Guild too, mostly in Axie, and basically, what these guilds do is they rent out the NFTs so you can play the games uh, like, like Axie Infinity. So, right, so you can play basically without any costs, and there's a revenue split. So, for example, like. I, I believe YGG is a 70-30 revenue split. 
So like um, uh, whatever whatever you earn, like thirty percent. Uh, I mean, thirty percent goes to um, YGG, and then that runs the token economy for YGG, right? So with that with that revenue, YGG continues to buy more NFTs, um, like axes, grow them, and then they can rent more out to users, for example, in the Philippines and Vietnam, so that there's a low uh, barrier of entry for them. But but the problem with with these guilds is that um, there are too many people applying. And there's too little major guilds, right. so the the demand is far the demand is far greater than than the supply available. So that's why that's why I think um, this is actually only the start. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and I think Axie is probably the best version of these metaverses that are currently working right now. Um, yeah, are their guilds upcoming... able to like leverage anything? Like is is it like because you just said like like the biggest uh, actually is the biggest right? Is there yeah. anything else? Um, not just yet. There, right? Okay. Other, so guilds are basically is... Axie guild. When we say guild, right now it's like Axie guild. Yeah. So when well, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, there are different. Well, well, there are different games that are emerging, like League of Kingdoms and and Sandbox and these different games. So I think what would end up like if you if you if we're talking about what would become the next Axie, it would be the next game that is universally adopted by the major guilds. I think so. I think um, in terms of defining what the next major game is, I think the guilds will end up defining that. That's interesting. We we actually have a bit of a theory here um, that it's the mobile games definitely have a leg up because all these uh, all the scholars are from third world countries and that they're the laborers of these ecosystems for um, uh, for other players to come in later on. Right. So we we kind of. Uh, have a focus here of kind of right I certainly do I should say um, of looking more so into these mobile games oh yeah they'll certainly yeah. have a they'll have no, a you can say out. we I can say we for that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so I think um, yeah so two out of 20 of, uh, of my scholars have a physical PC that they can use that they actually own it's so um I think we're going to see a trend in the, at least in the near term, uh, where mobile, uh, like play to earn games, are going to have the dominant uh, leg up in metaverses for some time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And until there is like a AAA game that like releases something for PC um, that can really compete. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, when you're talking about crypto games, like the reason why mobile, the, the one with the, the successful mobile game will eventually be the biggest is because like these guilds, like some, some of the major guilds, they partnered with like the biggest telecommunication companies in, in their specific regions. Right. So, so if they do that, then and they have a mobile game, then the telecommunication company has the ability to full push that, like for example, to the Philippines or to Vietnam. And, and they have an interest to do that. And if so, they could expose that game to, tens of millions of people like within a very short period of time. Right. So I think 
yeah, I think in terms of like what what will be the next axis, it would be like number one, it has to be the one with a proper mobile game that the telecommunications companies that are partnered with the like guild companies can support. And then the second is um which are the like which is the game that three or four biggest guilds in the crypto space right now would universally support altogether. Is there a difference between I by the way, I really like that framework. I, I think it's like uh for me, like right now it was a paradigm change to kind of like realize that maybe the next games are not defined by the actual games, but the, the benchmark is going to be like what gets adopted by these guilds, right? So that's like a be interesting take on like, you know, finding the next big thing. Um, the other thing is, um, is there like a difference? Cause like, I know like these games are usually taken off in, you know, more of the third world countries. Um, and I'm just wondering if there's like a difference between like the ecosystems in Philippines, Vietnam, um, you know, Indonesia, Malaysia, um, you know, some of these countries that might have these users, um, you know, like Thailand. Um, yeah, so I think those are like the four major, like especially in Southeast Asia, um, like four major like countries that could potentially adopt, right? I don't know if there's difference there. Yeah. Or is it just like one game takes up and um, pretty much, you know, like it, 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 it like monopolizes those like four, four countries? Yeah, I think I think uh, because like um, you know in in Southeast Asian countries, the telecommunications companies they have like really good marketing plans where where everyone is basically on Facebook, right? So if something spreads on Facebook, oh, like Facebook. Mo- most of Southeast Asia, yeah, most of Southeast Asia knows about it. That's why that's why the the, the rate of axi adoption is very strong. And and another thing to consider is. Southeast Asia has very strong fiat on-ramp infrastructure. Like, so for example, like it's very easy to buy crypto. Like if you just walk into 7-Eleven, you could buy it. Like it's very, very easy. Like there are, there, there are like thousands, like there are like tens of thousands of remittance, remittance outlets. Like every corner of the street, there is one and then you could buy crypto through it, through, through an app. So like the readily available fiat on-ramp infrastructure plus the, the rate of like, like the speed of information spread on like Facebook right. in Southeast Asia, it's like a, it's like a combination of those two. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I should definitely visit Southeast Asia after all this Corona. Yeah, like for for example, like in the Philippines, you know, I was there for for quite a while, and e- like even like it's like it's really interesting because like. Especially in the provinces, you know, where like everyone kind of kind of know each other, like small cities, the 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 adoption of Axie is much stronger because everybody talks about Axie like to each other. Mm. So like like pro- like, a word, like word rural areas and provinces. Strong. Word of mouth. Yeah, mm. and word of mouth plus Facebook, basically. Interesting. Okay. Is there like a reason why Axie took off, like other than like all these other games? 
I think um, personally, like if you were to ask me, I think YGG was the big factor because people. Oh, so it was like, a guild. Like, yeah, because people could. Yeah, I think because people could play it with a very low barrier of entry. So I think YGG was the reason, and then it just spread throughout Facebook. Basically. There was also the uh, the integrate they they brought everything onto a side chain, so mm. uh, their entire economy moved to a side chain where there was no fees at all. Right. So prior right. to this, like you had to use uh, to breed axes, you had to use Ethereum, and then it was an additional twenty dollar fee, and then each time you withdrew right. your, your SLP, there was a twenty dollar fee, and then um, yeah, it just racked up. So with the the addition of the Ronin chain. Uh, there was definitely uptick in users because um, the fees were reduced. And I think we saw something similar when Binance integrated the RON network. So they made it so uh, you could withdraw and withdraw and deposit directly uh, into Binance mm-hmm. and from Binance. Oh, that's huge. Um, yeah, so it, it knocked down another $20 in fees or so uh, to withdraw to your MetaMask. Um, so that that saw another uptick in users. God, it's, mm. yeah, it's like the bear, bear and, and you know, like um, like cur- currently though, like it's really interesting because like Axie is running, but like obviously Axie is the biggest, but at the same time, like the biggest wallets in Asia, like for example, Coin ninety eight is the biggest crushing wallet yeah, yeah, in Asia. Yeah. Like it has like four hundred thousand users, yeah. and. Like eighty percent of the user activity in, in Vietnam and Phil- the Philippines are Binance Smart Chain. Really? So, yeah, so, and, and it's like one percent Polygon, one percent Solana. So, oh. like, obviously, like Binance has you know really good, really good awareness, but at the same time, like, users really want ecosystems that are cheap to right. use and also something that they're familiar with. Do you know anything about Tron's dominance? <laughs> um. Well. Does, I mean, I, <laughs> well, that's I'll, for the whales. Yo, what the hell? Yo, yeah. why would you ask that question, dude? Well, <laughs> I, aren't they big in Asia? Like, um, I'm a little off topic. Well, well, well like the, the retail, the retail statistics um, show they're not. Okay. Um, perhaps it's used by like you know power users, but not too much retail, at, at least on on some of the wallets. Okay. But yeah, I think. Basically, I, in my opinion, I think the, the I think the next big game, the ne- next big crypto blockbuster game would be on Binance Smart yeah, Chain. Yeah, Binance Smart Chain. It would have to have a mobile. Yeah, it would have to have a mobile app, and then it would have to have a strong partnership with the three biggest guilds. And I think that those will be the criteria for the next one. And and to be honest, like if if you want to pick. If you want to pick, you know, the the next axie, like it's your big bet. I don't, I think it doesn't make sense to go a spray pray, spray and pray approach metaverse or crypto games. I think it makes most sense to wait until a game uh, meets the the three criteria that we talked about. Because like axie is worth thirty seven billion dollars in FTV. Like just because the game is a hundred million FTV, that doesn't mean like. It's it's already too late to enter. In fact, like if if a game actually takes off, it has the potential to become you know many billions in FTV. Yeah. So I think it makes more sense to be patient instead of you know spraying praying across the sector. Yeah, yeah. 
I really, yeah, that's a great analysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love that. I love that. That's a good alpha <laughs> for us to start chasing. Yeah. So you're not really bullish on the, I guess, like the the desktop version, the PC version, not as much. But I thought a lot of these, I mean, like uh, third world mm-hmm. countries, like don't they have access to like these uh, PC cafes that they can just like go to? But it's like I don't yeah. think this is like these games are played on PC cafes. It's like it's it's your life, you know. Like you kind of like hold around with them and then like play on a bus. You play at school, you know. Like you play when you're on a break. You know, it's like it's 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 a less of it's it's like part of your life, less of like a, you know, like a, like a broken down time in a day. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. for me, I'm a I yeah. I'm I come from you know obviously like the PC gamer background kind of thing. So yeah, like I I didn't really play much of like mobile game growing up. Yeah, so just kind of like yeah. It's also work for them though too. So exactly, like, exactly. A, a lot of my scholars, like it's like the end of the day, they go and they sit down and then they dedicate time to access. Like they don't really do it during the middle of the day because they they have to focus in on Axie and like that's their a substantial part of their income. So like they have to you know dedicate a decent amount of mind power to it, mind to power. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's super interesting. Yeah, I, I, I want to explore more on this topic, um, like yeah, later on as well, because like, do you feel like GameFi is going to really like change the adoption? I think like since two thousand seventeen, everyone's been yelling out like, "Oh, mass adoption, mass adoption," and you know, like DeFi came along, but it was just like all the rich. You know, OGs in the space that you know started using DeFi and like just getting more and more yields, right? I think for mass adoption, GameFi is like one of the things that makes the most sense at the moment. Right, right, yeah, and um, I think it this might take a while in order for this to be kind of like a mainstream, but I do believe that you know. Um, maybe like the branding or like marketing could be done in like this metaverses, you know, like I know Coca-Cola was like one of the first one that did the whole NFT kind of thing, um, right. to, like metaverse, but yeah. And I, I, and then I think we're kind of seeing like other, you know, retail, um, like very high profile, um, yeah, brands are kind of coming in, so uh, like it will be interesting to see, you know, how it kind of ends up. Right, right. Interesting. Um, anything else from anyone else on this topic? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for me. Yeah, let's um, move on to the next one. Um, privacy. Finally, with Secret, I think we're seeing privacy pop up. We've been pr- talking about privacy for a while. Yeah, um, a little bit here and there. I I wish I Dennis was here because he was bullish on the Shade uh, protocol. I was going to make him talk to this. No, oh, I no. Think we should save that. Yeah, they are actually coming on next week, I think. 
Oh, it's secrets. Uh, it's like a secret dap, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we have um, like I think we have founders of secrets coming in next week. I think. Well, you maybe want to just leave that, and we could just talk about Arbitrum Nitro and Binance sure. Smart Chain. Sure. Okay. So Arbitrum Nitro is rolling out, uh, or Arbitrum is rolling out Arbitrum Nitro. Um, and pretty much what this is, is it's just, they're switching the tech, uh, I think from Solidity, they're switching it to uh, WebAssembly. Uh, so everything's going to stay the same, and there's no nothing that we have to do on our ends as, as users and validators, but uh, we should... Ex- we should be experiencing uh, faster transactions, and I think they should be cheaper uh, a little bit too. I didn't know if this is going to be. It, they said they coined. Wait, 20 just to, like anywhere? You mean how you do it? No, it's so on our on our Bitrum when you're using on our Bitrum, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, w- when you're using our Bitrum's chain, you should feel a. Um, they they coined a twenty x to fifty x uh, faster. That's so crazy because um, it's already so fast. See, I think when faster they say than that, what it though, was? Huh? I think when they say that, I think they mean faster than Ethereum. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Faster yeah. than what it was would be like it, it, your transactions Impossible. are done before you click the button. You think about <laughs> it, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the pro. Have you have you seen that bit uh, by Johnny Chung? <laughs> It's like Prime before. <laughs> I don't know if anyone will see Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Prime before. No, I haven't. Bums out. It's going to start reading our minds. <laughs> yeah, Arbitrum. The only thing about Arbitrum is like all the projects there are shit. Like there's not a lot of legitimate projects there. I don't know if that has changed or not. It's slow. It's still a rug pool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's slowly so starting like... to branch out. I covered a protocol here recently, um, Neku, and it's uh, or Niku or something, and it's a lending protocol, but it's it, it's on Moon River and it's branching out to Arbitrum and it's moving to uh, Cello next, or is it Cello or is it um, Cello? Cello? I. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's moving over to Solo next. Um, I think that that has a potential to be a a pretty good play. Mm. But yeah, there's just kind of the slow adoption of Arbitrum uh, so far. Right. Right. Um, I I haven't checked Optimism's growth here recently. I'm gonna jump on Coin I'm gonna jump on DeFi Llama and see. Yeah, I feel like optimism isn't really ready Catch yet. On. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's fully ready. It's just no, no. no uh, I mean, like the it, ecosystem itself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the protocol's ready. So yeah, I don't know if there's a building up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's like a play there. I mean still like keep on an IO um, on layer two because like I know it's going to be big like I, I just like I have a feeling that it's going to be huge especially in the bull market when 
everything starts skyrocketing in terms of fees and everything. I think all it takes is like a couple of NFTs and projects to take off on like layer two. And that's like, that's it. That's like, that's, that's when, like, that's the signal. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I think we can almost wait for that signal. Like we don't maybe need to get in on the initial pump, but it's just like, we just got to wait for the the trend. And uh, I think the hard part would be seeing the initial kick and then, um, uh, like the initial pump, and then trying to see if it's a if it's a trend or not. If right, it's worth right. hitting on. I think right. that's going to be the real trick to it. Yeah, and also I do feel like you know, like DeFi two point right? I think DeFi two point works really well on layer twos. DeFi itself works on really well on layer twos, but especially DeFi two because I do feel like a lot of these like um, more advanced like settlement and frequent settlements and rewards and all of that, I think it, like the protocols can really save a lot of transaction costs with that. And like, you know, like all these like dividend models like that becomes possible on like layer twos. Uh, you know, distribution becomes like a lot more frequent and a lot more like you can do like micro distributions as well. So I, I, I do feel like layer two is like perfect for DeFi 2.0. I think it might only be a matter of time before uh, these optimistic rollups are just as bogged down as Ethereum is right now. And has just the the same amount of fees. Really? Um, so, like, I mean, is not the whole point that they won't get bogged down for layer twos, right? Like, I mean, like, I don't know too much about Arbitrum, like, and the tech, like, the tech infra and how it works. But I thought it gets faster and faster as more people use it. Um, I mean, there is a limitation to that, so I think it it's currently topped out around like a hundred x, so. Um, I think that brings it up to like f- either like fourteen hundred. Um, I think f- fourteen hundred transactions per second, which um, I, I I think is still kind of a a, a bit low. And I think they're like five dollar fees is going to be kind of like the base level. So kind of like what we were already experiencing. Um, I'm I'm well, pretty sure that's kind of how I. Uh, envision it anyways. Joseph, have you looked into like a lot of layer twos? I think I mute Joseph. Oh, he might be on mute. Oh, Oh, sorry, sorry. Could you repeat? Have you looked into a lot of layer twos? Um, Like the the basically like ecosystem kind of setup and like your potential and like trajectory and you know basically like anything that's regarding the investment side. Yeah, I think um, you know, two, like two or three months ago, I, I was very bullish on um, the the layer two that's supporting perpetual protocol. So layer two supporting perpetual. Yeah, I, I forget. I forget the I forget the name. Just I'll right I'll now, shout but... it out if I if I find it here. 
Um, yeah. So, so um, I, I was very, I was, I was very. Uh, I think I was most bullish on the uh, on that layer too. And then I think now I I have full conviction that Arbitrum would would be just you know the dom- would remain the dominant one. What what gave you that conviction? I think I think in terms of you know the, the rate of projects that are wanting to launch an Arbitrum, and also the level of the developer activity that's going on over there, is a little bit like, it's unmatched compared to other layer twos. I really, feel. how are you saying the level of developer activities, or are you just, mostly, is that like from I, the grounds up? Yeah, I think mostly um, I'm I'm coming from the number of teams and projects trying to build an Arbitrum compared to other layers. Right, right. Mm, okay. And, and so you're talking about like Optimism, for example, or like Boba? Yeah. Oh, uh, before I, I was really optimistic about XDAI chain because XDAI, oh, yeah, XDAI. XDAI had a really... XDAI had a really good balance between centralization and decentralization. And so... Like for 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 a protocol like Perpetual Protocol, like such a practical layer two made so much sense. Like it, it was fast, it was decentralized enough where it doesn't cause you know controversy, and it was just very efficient. Like it was impossible for Perpetual Protocol at that time to launch anywhere else other than XDAI. But um, I think with the with the birth of like Hop Protocol, like these kind of layer two bridges. Um, the the gap would start to close between Arbitrum and XDAI, and I think Arbitrum would become much more useful, like with with those bridges. Mm-hmm. What kind of projects are you seeing that are being built on Arbitrum? Because like mm-hmm. like things that we've seen, we're not too confident in. It's like all like these like scammy ill farming and see you futures. Know. It's uh, one that's coming on Arbitrum. Yes, sim futures. Yeah. Yeah, I think most many of the projects that I'm seeing are are still very young. Like, but I think within the next month or two, I think we will start to see uh, good projects come out. But I I do fear that a little bit, you know, because I think um, uh, a lot of the a lot of the low quality projects kind of um, not ruined, but it it degraded like people's confidence in Polkadot in the in the early days. Um, because there were a lot of really good projects in Polkadot, like Akala, like still doing so yeah. well. Um, but then there were a lot of like you know B tier projects, um, like flooding into Polkadot because Polkadot like hype was really strong at the time. Right. So I just, I basically I just hope that doesn't happen for Arbitrum. I think it's already passed because we are we had like a, I don't know when it first launched. Like there's like slew of projects that. Kind of went in, and like we were, we were getting involved in a lot of these, like um, you know, like down dirty kind of like you know, like whatever garbage shit coin. Yeah, yeah, garbage shit coins. Like yeah, like we were getting involved in a lot of garbage shit coins and losing. RB Floki. And yeah, the, decent amount of money in there. RB Doge. And yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think it's like uh maybe it's like if they are getting built now, I think it's like. Um, kind of like being washed away by some of these like more legitimate projects. Uh, I 
think we've seen some pretty steady growth um, in Arbitrum's TVL since the the RB9 on uh, collapse, though. Right, right, so right. It, it was up to 1.8 billion, I think it got to, and um, it, we've it, and then it kind of dumped. I think it definitely halved, uh, and then we've seen a steady growth since then. So. Mm. Um, ultimately it's the security I think is like the biggest uh, where is the growth happening what what like uh, what's like taking the TVL I think it's like curve um, oh yeah we talked about this yeah curve uh, sushi yeah yeah let, let me just double check this because I think yeah. we might have been talking we, we might be getting confused with avalanche no, no, I think we talked about Arbitrum, but yeah, like double check it. Okay. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to mention on the whole Arbitrum and like Nitro and stuff? Because that, that's pretty interesting. And I, I would like to see like what kind of projects kind of like come out of that update. In terms of WASM, um, WSM, I think Gavin was kind of explain like um when he made Polkadot like eventually he's more bullish on WSM instead of EVM like later on um just for like the scalability to rise and all that stuff so um yeah I think it's good to kind of uh read into it um I know I think Akala is doing um EVM and WSM I know Shiden um, yeah, Shiden, uh, what's his name? Astar, right? Um, yep. Plasm product, yeah, they're doing EVM plus, uh, Wasm. Yeah, WSM, so, yeah. Sorry, I'm dumb. What's, what's Wasm again? WebAssembly. Oh, WebAssembly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it would be good to kind of check that out. Maybe we can have a whole segment about that, like, later on. Like EVM versus uh, WebAssembly. Yeah. What's the difference? Like, what's the, the difference? Name? Between... Is it is it literally <laughs> the name? No, no. There's like a whole like a difference between it. Uh, I think it has to do with like the. Is it just like the underlying stack that's different? Um, like I. I... I think it's better to like have a separate segment because like there's like more deep down into it. Mm. But um, I think okay. it has to do with like more of like, uh, yeah, whole like, whole scalability and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah I mean, it could and be how, interesting. What I got from the the Arbitrum articles, smart contracts run more efficiently on WebAssembly than they do on Solidity. Oh, got it. Just kind of a very basic um, layman's terms overview is how I interpreted it. Got it, got it. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I I just saw the link for the Arbitrum TVL composition. Yeah, it looks like there's about, there's about, yeah, good. I don't know, like 80% that's on Curve, SushiSwap, Abracadabra, AnySwap, and Synapse. 
Yeah, like, I remember yeah. this because like we were like, oh yeah, two of her bridges, um, Abracadabra yeah, okay. is like TV, you know, like this is like the you know like eel farming, and Sushi and Curve is like eel as well. So, so I think Monte Carlo, which I'm really sure is MC Dex, um, but, uh, Monte Carlo. I think they they have. Like in fee incentives, like I think you get like a rebate, like a hundred percent rebate on your fees in uh, on Arbitrum. So I think we've seen an uptick there, but there's still mm. only like there's a little over four million dollars TVL um, over there. Yeah, that's I, tiny. Yeah, we're we're seeing some growth. Um, oh, Arbitrum still has a one mil. Uh, really? I mean, still have one mil. I say we farm. Let's farm the dump. Let's, <laughs> let's farm the dump. It's going to go back to six dollars, guys. No, be no. when, when you buy, it's just going to drop. Yeah, that, yeah, that's <laughs> when it drops. Yeah, they're, they're, they're waiting for you to come in, dude. Yeah, you're their ex in liquidity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't We're go talking about shit coins, so Viper's Viper turned his mic on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, yeah. All I hear is exit liquidity. Yeah, exit liquidity. Um, I I think we have a last topic. I, I don't know like how long this is gonna be based on. Um, I think it's gonna be a pretty short one. Like the BSC, um, the billion dollar fund. Is there any like? Does anyone have like any thoughts on that? On like what thoughts? That's gonna be huge. DZ is not going to let BSC ever die. And that program used to be, I believe, $200 million. So the fact that he's pumping it to a bill, I mean... And, and here's the thing I love about CZ so much, is he's, like, outspoken on Twitter. And uh, he's like Sam with Solana, but he's just always tweeting <laughs> positive things about BSC. And uh, honestly, I don't... I've, I've said this many times. I don't think BSC is ever going anywhere. Oh, um, yeah. And I don't, and this is a kind of hot take, but I think you can, you know, I think Solana really backs up my argument. But although I am a big fan of decentralization and I hate centralization, that's why I'm on crypto. I think centralization does not hurt when it comes to different chains because here's the thing what are the two most successful? layer twos that are you know going on right now bsc and solana and they're both heavily centralized and so like even layer ones i don't think yeah layer ones <laughs> or same what wasn't bsc layer two bsc no bsc it, layer one how you it you no, know, how you define no. it it's yeah, an even it's, compatible it's, layer one i never remember which, which is the layer yeah. one or layer two but um yeah so i i think that's super bullish for bsc um and I'm kind of excited. And it also um, incentivizes innovation. Um, I think that's why they're called innovator, uh, innovation launchpad or whatever. But um, you'll stop seeing a lot of these low effort projects. Um, and you'll also see devs migrating from chain to chain, yeah. which is my favorite thing. Because, <clears throat> for example, I think we can all laugh at KuCoin. They don't really have... Um, a heavy incentive uh, or, or a lot of uh, money being thrown at new projects. And so if 
there's no money and no hype over there. You know, devs hop and get out of KuCoin, for example. And so then that chain starts to die. Mm. So like, I, I like that you're reinvesting in a chain and you're kind of attracting very experienced developers. Right. And uh, I'm just tired of seeing all these forks, low effort forks. Like it's time to... Um, you know, bring innovation to a chain and uh, start something new. And so the billion dollars, I think, is great. Um, and so I'm, I'm really bullish and really excited. You know, there's something to be – you talk a lot of shit on the forks, but I've never had more fun in crypto than buying uh, food coins and, and dog coins and shit coins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. You're talking to well, king yeah. of shit coins. I, I made – I made my fortune off of Elon Cumrag, like <laughs> all, all these weird coins, man. Like, but 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 it's, it would be nice to see a non uh, non reflect shit coin animal token. You know, it, it'd be nice to see some. Uh, I mean, for example, you're talking about a MEV pr- protection swap. You know, like that's cool. Or um, NFT launch pad, or so you know, just all these innovative ideas versus the next Elon shitcoin, you know? Yeah. Hey, Dad, how did you make money? <laughs> <laughs> Dad, Dad, how did you buy this estate? Well, son, it all started with the uh, Elon Cumrag butthole. It, it really yeah, made... you can't explain <laughs> yeah. this shit to anyone. Yeah, it's, it's fucking impossible to. Like, your parents I, I tried to. Uh, yeah, like, it's, uh, like yeah. I, I gave up, yeah. They, they stopped listening. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, um, has Avalanche done anything with their whole like two hundred thirty million whatever? Like the grant. I feel like these grants are just like, I don't know. They're like more of a marketing play. The Avalanche right. seems like that. Yeah, like I, I don't I mean, know. I has has I, anyone like really used that grant wisely? Yeah, so I think the they're still kind of getting rolled out, uh, from my understanding. So like I know Trader Joe's gonna get like rolled out here mid uh, October is what they said. Um, and I think like the 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 whole uh, reason why these ecosystem growths kind of have kicked off is because I think everybody looked at the playbooks from Binance Smart Chain and Polygon, which kind of really uh, brought a lot of the new users to the ecosystem. So I think like we, we see like Avalanche trying to replicate that definitely in like uh, FTM. And then since then we've seen uh, Algorand announce uh, an ecosystem. I think uh, Harmony, right? Yeah. Binance Smart Chain announced their second iteration of it. So I think it's something to be said for like how... Um, how saturated everything is right now. Um, so yeah, it's like, like it, where, where's we that all, that, the all best. that? Yeah, all that money gotta go, right? That's. I think that's the question. It's yeah. like who's gonna get that money? Pretty much. Um, yeah. Yeah, and. It, like it, we definitely see a big competition between these ecosystems and so far they've kind of um like right now how i've seen it 
unfold is Avalanche is going to be first. They're going to be starting sometime this month. So I think everything before this was kind of hype and kind of by the news, from my understanding. Um, and then after this, uh, I think in like a month or two, uh, Phantom is going to start rolling out their incentives. Um, again, I, this is what me and, and Dennis were talking about the other day. So um mm. I I don't know necessarily, but this is what he was talking about. So I think we're going to see this rotation from Avalanche. We're going to see another rotation back into Avalanche for these incentives and right. then back into Phantom and then potentially back into um, like Algorand and maybe uh, and definitely Binance Smart Chain. I mean, a billion dollar ecosystem fund is, is not going to go missed. Right, man. Trader Joe just keeps dumping. What's going on over there? Oh my god! Don't even tell me. I have. I'm holding god. so many bags. Don't even Is tell me. Diamond handing. I'm oh, diamond handing, dude. AC. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What? No, it, it's uh, it's up today. What are you talking about? Oh, what's it at now? It's at two. It's at two dollars, dude. <laughs> yeah, but it used to be like three. Oh no! Yeah, I, no. I I saw it at one fifty. I saw it go down to one fifty, and I was like, I'm just gonna forget about it. Yeah, I don't look at that Viper, wallet. Uh, Viper doesn't comprehend buying low. Yeah. <laughs> no, I buy high, sell low. That's that's. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, Trader Joe just announced the lending. Um, they they did this whole like marketing the whole video that looks really nice. Yeah, the Dude, I'm I'm holding everything. If crypto market goes down, I'm gonna be poor. If it goes up, I'm you're not gonna see me in these calls again. You need to sell your JPEG. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. I have all the hundred percent exposure. It's uh, those are my retirement pictures. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Garland's the type of guy who is a thousand X or dust. I like I I don't think dust. I've sold anything. No, dude, I haven't sold anything since like. Maybe July or August. Like it's Jeez. yeah, like it's just been crypto's been boring for me. I just like buy and hold. Yeah. Garlem's market thesis is uh eight so hard you're either gonna be broke or have enough to buy a small nation. Dude, super cycle. <laughs> super cycle. 